You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here at downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Farm Bureau, great customer service with all those great agents throughout the state of Mississippi. Home, life, auto, anything you need in the insurance world. Talk to our good friends at Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, looking back last night... We had a broadcast, Mississippi State and Jackson State. We went seven innings. We won 17-2. to two. Had some big hits in that game. Kind of took care of business last night and did what you're supposed to do. Games in the midweek like that, I think they're used for a couple of things. Number one, you have to get a win and check that off the box. Number two, you'd like to get some guys going. Kind of One of the things about midweek games, they can help you up your batting averages, right, if you go in and take advantage of them. And then you want to see guys get a chance on the mound we saw Mississippi State get to try some different options out on the mound yesterday. Logan Tanner didn't play a league. That was the first game this year that Logan, you kind of let him take a step back and just get out of the lineup, and he didn't DH in the game last night. We started Aaron Downs in the DH spot and went to Von Siebert later in that game. But you start looking around. Of course, Slade Offord kind of sliding in at third. He's playing a very good third base right now. Cameron James is getting more acclimated to the outfield out in center field, and and so, yeah, we did a, a few different things last night with the lineup as well. But then you start looking at pitching. And we've got to build some depth in the bullpen. Lane Forsyth pitched an inning last night. Andrew Walling came in and pitched an inning last night. We had several different guys who really pitched well. Jack Walker went the first three innings last night. And so we, we got some guys some work that we needed to get some work. I thought Walker, this will sound a little bit funny to say, I thought he looked good when he was throwing strikes. And what I mean by that is the only trouble he created for himself was just missing, and a lot of times missing glove side. But when he was competing in the zone, he wasn't getting squared up. And that's what I mean by that. So you hope that gives him some confidence to know, look, when my sinker's working, it's good enough. Let's keep it in the zone. All right, so this weekend, Mississippi State will take the road. We'll take on Ole Miss Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so, Charlie, a lot of times, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, when the dogs go out of town, we think, okay, it's going to be a quiet weekend around town. This is actually going to be one of the crazier weekends on Saturday, that crawfish bowl that they have, that, that country-pleasing sponsors. That's a big crawfish bowl they have here in town, and so it'll, it'll be a lot going on here this weekend. Well, Fire Station Park is going to get a workout. It's down right there at the end of Russell and, what's that, Lampkin Street? Yep, Lampkin, right there across from Bank First. Yeah, that's right. And so on Friday from 6 to 9, the Crawfish Bowl. But then one of the things I like, it's back Saturday morning, Startwell Community Market. Oh, yeah. Go down there and you can – all kinds of vegetables, some honey. There's some good stuff you can get there. You know, so many times – and I was in Pittsburgh on a Thursday, and they had a community market in downtown Pittsburgh. It was really cool. And the thing about – I was thinking about it and I was texting about it. And I was like, man, you know, we're so lucky here. 
about the community market that we have here and how good it is. I mean, it's it's legit, completely legit. When you start thinking about all the vegetables you get with the honey and so many different things, flowers. And so that's a great thing that we've always done on our Saturday mornings is walk down to Fire Station Park and go to the community market. So that's no doubt a great thing to do. Okay, busy show for you today, and we're going to have a couple of interviews for you today. A couple of guys who really had great careers at Mississippi State. Connor Powers is going to join us. He had a great career at State from 07 to 2010. At the end of Coach Polk, at the start of John Cohen, they went to the College World Series in 2007. Charlie, that was a guy that could just flat out hit. Absolutely. And I like the fact that the guy every year just seemed to get better at something. His home runs were high, but he was always a 300 hitter. Hit a home run against Kentucky on Super Bulldog weekend one year. Walked it off. Remember that? I think they still play that on the video board, one of the – Various things they play on the montage was uh, Connor Powers hitting a walk-off home run on Super Bulldog weekend. And so then Connor Pilkington later in the show, Connor just got – it's a cool story how he was just called up at the end of spring ball uh, down in uh, out in Arizona and said, hey, you're going to make the, the big league ball club. And so Connor Pilkington, now the newest Mississippi State player to pitch in the major leagues. That's so cool. Right, what a feeling that's got to be to – to get that message, you're coming to the bigs. I can't wait to talk to him about that. No doubt. So, Connor Powers and then Connor Pilkington later in the show. A couple of Connors today. And so, one with a C, one with a K. And so, we'll talk to those two guys, former Bulldogs, two great guys. And once again, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. And, of course, with the community market and all that stuff going on this weekend, when you're making your visit to Startville and want to make a plan, make sure you go to Startville. Dot org. Always something going on when you're trying to figure out where to eat and what to do on the weekends. Uh, go by online at startle.org. Our great friends at the partnership and the CVB will make sure you can make that great plan for Mississippi's college town. Back with more, we'll talk to Connor Powers right after this. This is Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Time now for our conversation, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers. And you just can't get any better than that product of Country Pleasing Sausage. Put it on the grill. Go by the, the butcher shop down there. They're expanding it. Pick up something for the grill for the weekend. And of course, the Bulldogs on the road this next couple weekends. And so you can watch the dogs and grow you some of that great country pleasing sausage and this conversation with former bulldog connor powers brought to you by our friends at country pleasing and so let's talk to former bulldog connor powers played at mississippi state from 2007 to 2010 and freshman year went to the college world series and connor just looking back how does a guy from naperville illinois end up in Starkville, mississippi to play baseball <laughs> you know what that's uh, a, go- a great question. Um, you know, just a lot of good fortune, I guess. Um, you know, not a lot of uh, folks up here, um, well, I, I guess I should say at that time, uh, really not a lot of people up here knew about Mississippi State baseball. But uh, obviously with uh, the past couple of years, I think over, um, you know, just the past five or six years, especially last year, uh, a lot more people uh, when I bring up Mississippi State baseball, they, they definitely know. 
uh, know much more about us up here in Chicagoland. But uh, yeah, just you know, a lot of good fortune. And um, you know, I came down there and went to a camp. I remember it was uh, in January and uh, hit for Coach Polk, and he gave me a shot. And you know, I, I just got uh, got lucky, I guess, a little bit. And um, you know, it was uh, like I said, a lot of good fortune. Connor, I look at your career. You come in as a freshman, and Bart and I talk all the time on our broadcast how difficult it is in this league to come in as a freshman and perform at a high level. You come in on a team that goes to the College World Series, play a ton of third base, hit over 300, hit for some power. What was it like for you making that adjustment, and what was it that helped it go so well for you? Yeah, you know, that was uh, it's definitely a big challenge stepping in. Um, you know, especially in the, in the Southeastern Conference, I mean, there's really no other league like it. So the talents that you're going to see, um, you know, I think coming from high school, I had some really, really good coaching that prepped me uh, to be able to be in a situation where I think my swing uh, transferred that I had in high school to college. And I think also to the support system from the coaching staff and, and you know, really the over that first year, that fall and, and heading into the spring, I think there was a lot of things that they highlighted that I really needed to uh, improve upon to be able to compete uh, in the SEC, and you know, also too, you know, my teammates. I think it, it made it quite a bit easier uh, to step in and have some success when uh, you had the people um, in the lineup around me that I did. So, you know, I think uh, just from those factors, you know, stepping in, I think I uh, was able in, in a good position. I think to uh, be able to handle that. But you know, on the hitting side, you know, that was what got me in there. And you know, I think on the defensive side, uh, that was definitely. A, I think as much of a challenge, if not even more, um, you know, there's not, uh, you know, in high school, there's not really a lot of guys that are hitting 110 mile an hour uh, exit velocity one hoppers over to you uh, at third base. So the high corner was definitely tough. Uh, didn't have as much success there as I did in the batter's box, but um, yeah, you know, I think it was just a lot of the coaching staff teammates um, and just being able to step in and in a prepared situation. Yeah. Looking back at that season in 2007, you know, we, we had a good year. At one time, you know, we were 31-13, and 13, and we lost a couple of games at Austin P, up at Austin P in, in, in May, and then you kind of limp in. You lose two games in the SEC tournament. We sent to Tallahassee playing out at Florida State. And, you know, when, when I look back to that time when we played down in Tallahassee, you know, Chad Crosswhite goes out, pitches well against Stetson. But I tell you what, the thing that I think of when I think of that, that regional down there was, one, the way that Justin Pygott – through against Florida State, and also the way that uh, that Aaron Weatherford came in and kind of closed everything down. What, what did you, what's your big memories of that of that tournament down in Tallahassee? Yeah, that was a oh, that was unbelievable. Uh, there's so many things I remember about that tournament. You highlighted a few there for sure with Crosswhite uh, and Pygott, uh, but for some reason, it's just that the home run that Russ Need uh, hit that weekend always just is at the forefront of my mind when I think about it. Um, you know, he was such an emotional leader. I think, you know, even as a redshirt freshman, um, he just brought a lot of energy and, and always did um, throughout our time there. And I think that was one of the things that really got us going. And uh, that's one of the things that I definitely remember for sure. Okay. Then the next week we play at home against Clemson and we had had a big Super Bulldog weekend crowd in the middle of the season. I think we played Kentucky that year in 07. And then all of a sudden Clemson comes in and you're playing in front of 12,000 people and you talked about it a minute ago, for a guy from Chicago coming down and you talk about college baseball, how crazy was it? And I just remember it being so hot. We played two 11 a.m. games. What was the big thing that stands out in your mind playing that Super Regional against Clemson here? Oh, man. Um, 
you know, I think anytime that you go to Duty Noble Field, it's number one, the barbecue, first and foremost. But, um, you know, I, I think the energy uh, was just unbelievable being there. I mean, it, it was, um, you know, exactly what, you, you know, they talked to you about in the recruiting process. And, you know, one of the big reasons that I did want to, you know, go to Mississippi State and uh, be a part of a game like that. And I think that's that's really what you go you go out there and compete for what you train for is to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, definitely nerves leading up to it. But I think, you know, one of the, the big things that uh, I just remember was uh, stepping out on the field, just being so excited to, to have a blast. And, um, you know, I think, again, you know, the, the, the people that we had on the team, the senior leaders, uh, junior leaders, I mean, Mitch Borrell and Ed Easley, um, down from the coaching staff, I think they just, it, it was a, a really good environment to, to go out there and compete, um, you know, from a pressure-free standpoint. And, uh, just the fans. I mean, obviously, that's uh, first and foremost, really, I think what I remember. Um, you know, I, my dad was there in the stands too. Uh, I just remember hitting a home run and um, just going around third base, and he coincidentally was just kind of lined up right there with me. So that's probably, uh, at least from a personal standpoint, one of the, the memories I'll always have. Connor, you've spent a lot of time studying the baseball swing, working with hitters. One of the things that jumps out at me about your career is, you know, there's kind of this idea that sometimes you have to trade average for power or vice versa. And I look at you, you hit double-digit home runs three times and never hit below 300 your whole career. Was that part of your approach at the plate? Were you were you thinking hit home runs or were you a line drive guy that just happened to get out? What, what was your approach at the plate that allowed you to do that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I did, uh, I did strike out my fair share, especially my junior year there. Um, but, you know, I think... Um, you know, that was something that I always really tried to focus on first and foremost was just to hit the ball hard and hit barrel. Uh, and, you know, I think if, if you do that enough, you're going to run into some balls that are, they're going to end up leading the park. And you know, I think the last couple of years, uh, there with coach Cohen coming in, that was, I, you know, he really had a unique, uh, ability, I think, to teach people how to hit with more power. And, you know, the first year I think I, uh, started to pick up on that, but struggled definitely a little bit with, uh, you know, striking out a little bit too much. But the last year, I, you know, I felt like I, I put it together and I really was able to kind of leverage what, uh, you know, a little bit of a line, a little bit more of a line drive approach, but really uh, take what he was trying to, to teach me to be able to do and uh, be able to capitalize and hit some more home runs. Yeah, I think one of the impressive things to me about looking at your numbers is, you mean, you almost cut your strikeouts in half between your junior and senior year, you walked more than you struck out. Um, that senior year, to me, I actually thought, I know you hit 19 home runs as a junior, but I thought the 16 home run senior year where you hit almost 380, that had to be a pretty special year for you as a hitter, even though the, the season didn't go the, quite the way you wanted. Yeah, the you know just going into my junior year, or sorry, going into my senior year, I knew that was something that, uh, I really needed to improve upon was being more disciplined at the plate and being able to see more pitches. Because, uh, you know, I just remember there's a lot of times um, just not even just putting the ball in play and, and not even forcing to make the defense make a play. And, um, you know, that that was one of my big goals uh, to be able to just have a lot better plate discipline and try to be the best player that could be for, um, you know, everybody in the, in the lineup around me, not just go up there to kind of free swing and, um, you know, hit the ball out of the park um, as much as I did my junior year. So, no, that was a, that was a big adjustment. But, you know, again, I think there, there were some things that we worked on that helped me a lot. I remember one of the drills that we did in the offseason um, was with a pitching machine. And, um, you know, there was a, a mat that 
that Coach Cohen had put, I don't know, seven or eight, I don't know how many feet in front of the plate, but just you really getting you to uh, try to be able to project where that ball was going to go and whether it was going to be a ball or strike. And I, I just remember that that was one of the big things that helped me be able to make that adjustment. So you, you kind of move back home after after college and you go back to the Chicago area, and now all of a sudden Mississippi State, you go to three college World Series, you win a national championship last year. How how special was it for you as a former player to, to kind of know that you know, you were a big part of this program to see where it's kind of ascended to? How special was it for you? It was unbelievable. Um, you know, I was uh, at home, and coincidentally, so Father Burke Masters, um, now Father Burke Masters, but he uh, last year actually became the priest at our parish where I live, uh, coincidentally. So, <laughs> of all things, uh-huh. but, you know, it's funny because I, you know, talking to him uh, the whole entire way through it, and um, it, it was just really special, um, you know, just being, even even just sitting at home and, uh, you know, watching it with, I uh, I ordered, you know, of course, I ordered my little guy, Hank. I've got two kids now, but uh, Anna wasn't born quite yet at that point, but uh, I just remember watching the game with uh, my little guy, and you know, he was I guess one and a half at the time, but Mississippi State shirt on, and uh, he was in bed. I think by the time that they had clinched, but um, no, it was uh, it was unbelievable. And just to see, you know, the impact that it had. I think you know, on just Coach Poe, Coach Poe, because they panned over to him a little bit, and I don't know. It was just really special to be able to be a part of the program and feel like um, you, you were one of the people that were able to help us get to where we got to and winning the national championship. But it was it was definitely special for sure. You know, Bart and I enjoy keeping up with Chris Young, the bullpen coach for the Cubs, who I guess left about four years or so before you made it to campus. Uh, anytime somebody lives in Chicago, i got to ask them, north side guy, south side guy, Wrigley, Comiskey, you know, what's the loyalty for you? Good question. So definitely a, a south side guy. So wow. I, I grew up in the western suburbs. Yeah, my so my mom grew up on the south side, um, and my dad was always a White Sox fan. So that's, you know – that's definitely one of uh, my un, uh, unchangeable, I guess, loyalties there for sure. Um, you know, most of my friends that feel like are Cubs fans and popular, um, you know, and, and things like that. But I've always been a White Sox fan and uh, always love going to the games and you know, excited to get out there and, uh, and take Hank to some games this year for sure. Well, I, I tell you what's a small world. Of course, you got Kendall up there now. And Kendall Graveman is a relief pitcher. And, uh, of course, Tim Anderson, the shortstop, played at East Central Community College just down the road from here. He's from Tuscaloosa and actually had an event a couple years ago with Tim, who's a great guy, great ambassador for baseball as a shortstop for the White Sox. And so that's pretty cool as well. Okay, so what what are you doing now? What's going on in the world of of Connor Powers right now? Yeah, no, for sure. So now I actually do technical recruiting. So uh, I work for uh, a company on the West Coast, and uh, essentially what my job is is to – I guess it's not too dissimilar to if you were uh, coaching in college or something like that, but really identifying talent and uh, recruiting that talent to uh, the organization to build really cool technical products. So a lot of software engineers, uh, managers, and things like that, but it's something that I really enjoy. I feel like, um, you know, it's something that, uh, especially now the labor market is super competitive. So uh, it's uh, it's fun every single day coming in here and, and having that same challenge. Um, just going out there and competing, but that's that's what I'm doing now. And then you know, just do a little bit of baseball coaching on the side and and lessons and things like that. But uh, that's that's pretty much what uh, consumes me at this point. In addition to obviously uh, my family for sure. That's awesome, Connor Powers. Hey, great to talk with you. Don't be a stranger. Get back down here pretty soon, okay? 
absolutely. You know, I really appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I definitely need to get get back down there. Uh, stats uh, the last couple of years, just uh, you know, we've got uh, a two year old, and then I guess Anna is about to be six months, which is kind of crazy. But uh, I know that's that's one of my goals, hopefully for maybe I can sneak out there in the next couple of weeks, or at least by next year. I think things will calm down a little bit, where maybe we can get in the car for about ten hours and uh, hopefully have a, a, a nice safe trip there back. Have you told anybody else in your parish that hey, listen? Our priest hit one of the biggest home runs in the history of Mississippi State baseball. I still think that's pretty cool. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that, that's something that I talk all the time about. Uh, you know, whenever we'll be sitting there and, and chatting, somebody will be talking. I'm like, you know who you're talking to? And then I just you know, I'm like, he hit literally one of the biggest home runs in the history of the school. And uh, you know, then they're like, what, really? So, you know, it's, it's always uh, something that's a, a great talking point. And, uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's – it's still crazy that uh, last year that kind of lined up where, you know, I ended up talking to him pretty much every every single week the whole way through that playoff run. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it was a cool experience for sure. Well, you can always remind him. He might have hit a big one, but you hit more than he did. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, you know, but uh, I th- I'm always uh, definitely a quality over quantity guy. I, mean, you know, I, I think I had one good one my freshman year uh, from a quality standpoint, but uh and I, that call is always awesome too. I love. Uh, I always loved hearing that on the board. Uh, the grand slam for Masters. And I, you know, I talked to him uh, during the recruiting process uh, just a little bit, just trying to get you know a feel for uh, his experience. And obviously, you know, he highlighted that it was you know one of the best experiences that he had in his entire life. And you know, looking back, I can absolutely agree with him. And uh, so happy that I was fortunate enough to go to Mississippi State and play baseball and you know be a part of the tradition. Connor, hey, great to talk with you, man. Always great to talk with you. Always. You too. Connor Powers played at Mississippi State 2007 to 2010, a native of Naperville, Illinois, just outside of Chicago and back up in the Chicago area. Charlie, hey, it was great to catch back up with Connor. When you start looking back at his career, when you look at his numbers, that guy had a really good four years here. Oh, he absolutely did. Top 10 all-time slugging percentage. Did a lot of good things. He falls into that group that you're really glad he got to go to the World Series as a freshman because he was part of that first kind of groundwork that John Cohen laid for being better, but he wasn't here for it. You know, he he was gone by the time we got to go down and play in Super Regionals and things like that and then get back to Omaha. It, it was nice to see him be able to go as a freshman and then nice just hear from the guy and the pride he took in winning a national championship this year. Yep, and no doubt. And that conversation with Connor Powers, once again, brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. You just can't beat the quality of Country Pleasing Sausage. So when Charlie and I come back, we'll talk to former Bulldog Connor Pilkington, now in the big leagues with the Cleveland Guardians. Not the Indians anymore, it's the Guardians. And we'll talk to Connor Pilkington on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Great conversation right there with former Bulldog Connor Powers. It's time now for another conversation, this time with Connor Pilkington, the pitcher for Mississippi State. He pitched here, had a great career, 16, 17, and 18. Now in the big leagues, he's got a call up to the big leagues just a couple of weeks ago. And this conversation brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland 
produced right here in the Mississippi Delta over in Itabina, Mississippi. You can get it at great grocery stores throughout the southeast, but also tremendous restaurants. And, hey, let me tell you this. If you're thinking about the best catfish you can possibly eat, and you got to give them credit at Taylor Grocery. They do it right, and it's probably the best catfish I've ever had, to be honest with you. I know it's near, I know it's near Oxford, but if you're ever going to Oxford, if you're going to Oxford this weekend, Taylor Grocery, it's simply amazing. The whole catfish plate, the full catfish fillet plate, at Taylor Grocery, it's what they're famous for, to be honest with you. And so when you're eating that great catfish from Taylor Grocery, hey, they'll they'll come down and cook it for you. If you got a big event, they'll come down and cater that event at Taylor Grocery, and it's it's amazing as well. And so when you're eating that great catfish, just know you're they're getting it from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. And so this conversation with Connor Pilkington, brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. So let's talk to big leaguer and Cleveland Guardian. Feels weird to say that. Connor Pilkington will join us. Hey, Connor, the first thing I guess I want to ask you is it's almost like we've got a pipeline down to East Central. I mean, the guys from from Hurley, from Wade, and, of course, you had Trey Porter back in 13. You've got Brad Cumbus right now. And, of course, you from 16 to 18. What's the big deal? What's the big uh, pipeline between northern Jackson County and Starkville? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, just just playing up. I mean, just you know, just growing up playing ball, going East Central, and uh, you know, just trying to make the best of my baseball career. I don't know. I guess uh, just over the years, we've uh, East Central's come out with some uh, great athletes, and um, really paving the way for the guys to come up. So. Now, would you say you're from Hurley, from Wade, or just Northern Jackson County? <laughs> I say I'm from Hurley. I'm not scared to say that. <laughs> say that with a bold chest. But you got to Hurley, Mississippi. Well, that's great. So you go to Wade and you take a left. Is that right? Yes, sir. Then you go up, and Hurley is a four-way stop, and you go north, south, east, or west, and you know, then you go from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. So your time at Mississippi State, 2016 to 2018. You look in that time frame, winning an SEC championship in 2016, and then you had three different coaches. John Cohen in 2016, and then Andy Canizero 2017, and then in 2018 with Gary Henderson. And it all kind of culminated with going to the College World Series. Three times you guys went to the Super Regionals. When you think back to your time at Mississippi State, what's the first thing you think of? Um, The tradition. You know, the fans. I think about the fans and, uh, you know, what makes Mississippi State baseball Mississippi State baseball, and that is – you know, that's truly the fans. Um, you know, the fans is what gets people going. The fans is what makes us want to play harder, uh, or it did for me anyways when I played those three years. When I knew the fans were involved and, you know, they were cheering for us, you know, that really, that really you know, gave us a backbone to uh, want to compete harder and prove even more people wrong about, you know, who we were and how we play the game and stuff like that. So, yeah, when I think of Mississippi State, uh, baseball, um, I think of the fans, and yeah. So, Connor, you know I should probably talk to you about your journey through the minor leagues and all, but I've just got to get straight to the spot. You know, as a kid, we all wanted to be big league ball players. You're in spring training. You're on the forty man. I just got to know how did you find out you're making the roster? How did you find out you're going to Cleveland with the team, and that you're going to be pitching in a major league stadium how'd it go down and you know how'd you find out and, and what was your reaction 
Yeah, so you know, I, I get to the, I get to the field every day, and you know, it's spring training, so we're trying to get our bodies re- uh, ready for the season. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't know what the future had in store for me at the time, but you know, I I came in that day and I, I did my routine, and we got done, and I was I was actually inside, and I, Stephen Kwan, one of my teammates now, he was teaching me how to play chess, <laughs> and I'm sitting there in the in the, in the locker room, and uh, our pitching coach. Carl come up to me and he said, Hey, uh, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm trying to learn chess. And he said, Oh, okay. Well, when you get a minute, actually right now, I need you to come to Terry's office, Tito, our manager. And, uh, so I said, okay. So I hopped up real quick and I, uh, thought I threw on some shoes and I walked in his office and he cut straight to the point. He's like, well, you're going to, you're going to break with the Beasley club. And i that was absolutely one of the most, personal uh, like the best personal achievement that I have ever done in my baseball career because that's what I've always wanted to do even as a little kid I look at it every year I have a little piece of paper that I look at every single year for when I wrote I think I was in third grade and it said what do you want to be when you grow up and I, I wrote down in my third grade handwriting it said an MLB baseball player and when he told me that I uh I instantly just, I, I, was, I was speechless. I was happy. My hands were sweating. I wanted to cut cartwheels and backflip. And uh, he asked me who I was going to call first. And I said, I owe it all to my dad, my parents. And so, you know, he, he congratulated me. And I, I walked out of his office and I went outside and immediately called my dad. And uh, he, he was he was extremely uh, happy and, you know, overjoyed for me. And, um, you know, then, then the word got out and, you know, then I had all my friends and my family contacting me, and um, it was it was. I mean, it, that that kind of achievement right there as a, as a baseball player is one of a kind. Um, it's indescribable, and when it when it happened to me, I just you know I was I was just excited to be able to break with the team and fulfill my my childhood and lifelong dreams. Talking to Connor Pilkington, that's good stuff. So it's not like the movie Major League where they put a red tag in your locker. <laughs> no sir not at all not at all no it, it, it's, it's a little bit more heartfelt and a little more uh you know it's a little more specific than that so. <laughs> okay so looking back at your time and you, you leave here in 2018 we'll talk a little bit about your time at state in just a few minutes but you jump into minor leagues and i've talked to so many of our guys and you know charlie and i both talk to these guys and they say okay listen we go from playing in front of 10,000 people on a given weekend to all of a sudden you're jumping into minor league baseball and you're not having as many fans in the stands, especially in, in low A, you know, mid high A ball. How tough was it to kind of, kind of gear back down and then all of a sudden it just turns into baseball and you've just got a pitch in front of a, you know, an empty stadium. Sometimes they say that's tough. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was quite the, the you know, the, the change, uh, you know, I went straight from, Pitching in a World Series um, in Omaha, or the National Championship in Omaha, you know, when we was up there, and and then I get drafted, and then I go out to Arizona, and I'm, I'm pitching in Arizona, and uh, there's nothing but coaches and maybe someone's, you know, wife or wife and children, and maybe one or two of their girlfriends or something in the stands. That's it, <laughs> and the rest are, you know, coaches and players. And then you know, you go to rookie ball, and uh, I was in, I was in Montana, in Great Falls, Montana, my rookie ball season. And I think we had maybe 50 people in the stands at every game. And, uh, 
yeah, it, it was it was definitely different. Um, but I, you know, I, I embraced it, and I, you know, I just kind of kept my head down and kept working hard. And uh, I knew, you know, if I kept getting better and doing stuff like that, that you know, I, I, I'd eventually move up, and I'd end up being able to play in front of a crowd. So I mean, but like going and playing, in, you know, in Duty Noble, then going to Great Falls, Montana, was just that was the biggest. That was a big change within, you know, within the fans. So uh, you know, and then I, you know, then I went to Low A and High A, you know. As you go up, you'll be more fans, obviously, but it, it was interesting, to say the least. So looking at your minor league numbers, it looked like you were, I think, started maybe all but two games that you appeared in in the minor leagues. Now you've come up to the majors, two appearances, both in relief. Is that require a change of mindset at all for you, or is it just kind of take the ball when it's my turn and throw it up there? Yeah, so I had to. I had to. Uh, you know, I've been a starter my, my whole life, and these guys they uh, they still they still eventually want me to be a starter for them one day. But you know, that's 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 uh, not the task at hand right now. You know, right now it's just about getting out and stuff like that. But yeah, I had to learn really really quick how to be a uh, bullpen pitcher. And uh, these guys right here at uh, with the Cleveland with the Cleveland Guardians, they uh, they really really. Uh, put the time into to sit down and kind of explain everything with me and really help me out on how to be a major league bullpen pitcher. So. Talking to Connor Pilkington, former Bulldog, 2016 to 2018, now with the Cleveland Guardians. You pitched in two games this past weekend. Uh, Connor, when uh, when I talked to Brandon Woodruff or Kendall Graveman or some of these guys that made the big leagues and played at Mississippi State, and they start talking about you know how they may have gotten different and playing a little bit different throughout the minor leagues and tinkering. The you know Kendall developed a cutter and you know Woody he worked hard on his change up and you know a lot of times Mississippi mm-hmm. State people haven't seen you since 2018. What's the difference in Connor Pilkington right now compared to Connor Pilkington in 2018? Um, so I have four pitches now. So in college, I, I, I do a, a four seam and a two seam, uh, fastball, which I just say it's one pitch. And then, and then I threw like a, a slur type curveball and I threw a changeup. But now I throw a, a true four seam fastball, a, a knuckle curve, and I learned how to throw a, uh, a slider. I learned how to throw a slider two years ago. So I really, and I mastered it finally. But then, I wasn't getting as much depth on my curveball that I wanted, so I spiked it. Um, I throw a, I throw a spike curveball now, and then a slider, and then all, and then also my changeup. So um, I have you know those four pitches to be able to keep hitter, keep hitters guessing and stuff like that. Um, not much, you know, not too terribly much has changed. You know, I'm just kind of you know just trying to critique my game a little bit better, and you know just get take those four pitches and run with it and, you know, try to get those pitches better day in and day out. Obviously, during the time you were here, it's not ideal to go through three different coaches in three years. I think you can make the argument, though, that perhaps learning to deal with different voices and different mindsets has kind of helped prepare you for where you are now. You know, coming through the minors, a lot of different voices, uh, and now in the majors, a different voice. Do you take any good from that, from having to – learn to kind of navigate different personalities as coaches? For sure, yeah. So I've, I've always told myself, um, you know, I've had a lot of coaches in my in, in my life, and I've, I try to take one thing, and, and there could be more, but at least one thing or subject or topic or anything 
from each coach. Uh, that works for me. Because not, not one coach can teach you absolutely everything, you know. So having all those uh, all those coaches in my ear telling you know, getting me uh, getting me better, you know, day in and day out, being able to teach me different things here and there, um, whether it be about the running game or about location or speed or spin efficiency or, you know, within my pitches or anything like that. I've always been I've always been able to take at least one um, one thing away from each coach, and that um, I, I like I said I have had a lot of coaches in my life, and uh, now you know they they've all contributed to who I am now as a player. All right, so before we let you go, you know all of a sudden you find out you're going to the big leagues, and you guys having spring training out in Arizona, and so they bring you in, and they say, okay, you're going to break with a big big league club. Then all of a sudden, in the back of your mind, you start thinking, "All right, where am I going to live? How am I going to get my truck out here?" You start trying. So, what do you do? You get with the travel secretary. You get it all set up. They put you in a hotel. They put you in a condo. I mean, what's kind of the nuts and bolts of how do you move to Cleveland all of a sudden when you're really not anticipating it? <laughs> so, um, I didn't have a I didn't have an apartment anywhere really set in stone yet. Um, but I. I they gave me so we've ha- we've been at home for almost a week now, actually a week today or tomorrow. And um, so they gave me a seven and seven, which is seven days of per diem and seven days of a hotel. And then um, so I'll be I- I've been in a hotel since last Thursday, and uh, you know then I'll I'll finish out my hotel. But other than that, I don't. I do not have my vehicle up here yet. I'm getting a couple of body things done with it right now. But the field's walking distance. It's it's been okay weather enough. You know, good enough to walk in. You know, the the weather hasn't been truly ideal to play ball in the last couple of days. But I've been able to walk to the field and get that little exercise, <laughs> a little more exercise than what I do at the field. You know, so. It's been, yeah, it hasn't been that bad. It's been a really easy transition on that part. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Cleveland. Hey, so let me let me ask you this real quick. You know, we talked about the process of getting told you're going to be there, and then all of a sudden this past Friday they trot you in for the bullpen. So, you know, what was going through the back of your mind? You walk out that first time on a major league mound. Oh, man. When they when that phone rang and they told me that I was going in that ninth inning um, to get to San Francisco, I instantly – lost control of my whole body or well, I say I did you know I, I had that I was just nerved I had all the nerves in the world I was excited I was ready to pitch um you know I was I had all the nerves in the world just running through my veins and uh I, my, my heart was beating uh but I was focused at the same time it was just a it was just a one one in, you know once in a lifetime thing where I just felt like all right here I am here's my opportunity and the 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 coolest thing about the whole thing about the whole situation was uh our bullpen coach uh brian sweeney he goes uh right before i went out he goes you got this you belong here and uh i stopped and i looked at him and i turned and went out to the mound and i went out and you know and i had my outing i pitched four hitters the first guy and then and then I got out of the inning and everything. And when I came in, everybody was pumped. I got the ball, jersey, hat, lineup card, all authenticated. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. So, Hey, man, we appreciate you. 
and we're proud of you. Hey, we know you're not a stranger. We know you'll come back to the ballpark when we get a chance. But, man, we appreciate you taking the time with us, and I hope you have a have a great season here in your rookie year. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. And that's Connor Pilkington. Charlie, just raw emotion, man. That's awesome stuff right there. Talking about a guy making that major league debut, getting the call up, that was good stuff. You know, always talk about this. What would be better, to get that call yourself or to get the call from your son saying he'd made it? I always put myself, now that I'm older, I always think about as a dad, what must that be like to get that call when you've seen your kid work so hard? And What a story. Since third grade, he's kept that note of wanting to be an MLB pitcher. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it really is. And he had a good career here, and he got to the big leagues, fine-tuned it, and now finally getting that call and pitched in two games this past weekend against San Francisco. And they've got the White Sox in town. And when I was texting back and forth with him, I said, hey, you make sure you catch up with Kendall because those are two guys right there. They're kind of, you know, down-home guys, have some 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 spunk to him, a little fight to him. And he's like, hey, I've already talked to Kendall. Talked to him yesterday. And so that's what's so cool to me is you look around Major League Baseball, we're getting so many different guys in the big leagues, and it's not about them just making it. It's about the stories that you can hear. You know, last year I had a chance to go to Pittsburgh, and there was Brandon Woodruff, and there was Chris Stratton, and we're all standing there talking together. And they're good friends. They work out with each other in the offseason, and we're just getting so many of those guys up in the big leagues right now. That's a really, really cool scene. And so Connor Pilkington, that was great, uh, great to talk with Connor as well. Charlie and I will come back, and we'll have a final word here on Out of Left Field. Of course, that conversation with Connor Pilkington brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. And, and you can get that great Heartland Catfish, as we said, from our friends at Taylor Grocery, just south of Oxford. Taylor Grocery, they've got the, the whole catfish, the blackened catfish, the grilled catfish, that whole catfish plate, the fried fillets. It's, it's all really good stuff. And they do it right at Taylor Grocery in uh, just south of Oxford in Taylor. So Charlie now will have that final word when we come back. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bar Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. And two really good conversations right there with Connor Powers, and Connor Pilkington. Yes, I got I to gotta bring something up. You know, one of our last shows, we asked people for reviews. And uh, our friend Dog and in Indy, uh, he, look, he gave us a five-star review, but he had something to say. Okay. He has a pet peeve. And he, he, he cast this aspersion on me, by the way. He said that he's heard me say several times, all the sudden. Oh, I think that's me. And I think you just said that twice. Did I? I'm probably guilty of that. But he points out that it is all of a sudden. It, now, it, I've gone to Reader's Digest, by the way, to, to vet this. And he's try, it's an idiom, neither of which is necessarily grammatically incorrect, but the more ancient use, the more historic use, is all of a sudden instead of all of the sudden. I had, did not know that, but so I've learned something. But I will point out, all of a sudden is not grammatically wrong. It's just not the accepted usage. Now, I like I, to think we're on the cutting edge of a revolution in changing this idiom. We are going to change it. And I, I go back to what I said a minute ago. I, I'm, I'm the guy that's guilty of that. And it's my Nanawoya idiosms or whatever it is, idisms or whatever. And I actually saw uh, Paula Stokes, Dr. Paula Stokes, who was my English teacher in high school a couple months ago. 
And she was like, hey, listen, I mean, listen to the ball games and proud of you and all this stuff. And and uh, I said, listen, please do not listen intently because I butcher the English language that you taught me. And she says, oh, I know. She said, but I wasn't going to call you out on it. But anyway. She I, wasn't going to hit you up on your use of I as an objective case pronoun or anything like that. I absolutely wear that out. And so, anyway. Um, hey, good show today. Two good guys. Connor still, Powers. Man, that that give me, gave me absolute chills hearing Connor Pilkington talk yeah. about that conversation, man. <laughs> that was great. I wanted to, to cry. Hey, it's uh, I didn't go there. I didn't go that far. I mean, I'm an emotional guy. Well, that was awesome stuff, man. You almost did. I, I, thought, I, I saw you over there. almost cry. That was not an idiom, but an expression. Yeah, you were scratching your nose over there. And so, yeah, uh, two really good conversations, two really good guys. And we'll break this thing down for you this weekend. State playing Ole Miss this weekend. Charlie, would you have ever thought when the season started that you would be looking at a weekend where State is 6-9 and nine and Ole Miss is 5-10 and 10 here in the sixth weekend of SEC play? I am a bit of a pessimist, but not that much. No, I, I would not have thought so. And I, I'd always had my doubts about Ole Miss's pitching. But I thought their lineup offensively would be good enough that it didn't matter. I didn't have doubts necessarily about our pitching, but who knew? what we were going to run into. Who knew you're going to use you're going to lose Landon Sims, you're going to lose Stone Simmons and who knows who else. I think Ole Miss so far has not played to expectations. For us, it's just man, it's one of those things. We're getting some payback. They lost 13 to 3 last night to SEMO. Of course, uh, Southeast Missouri State's a really good team this year. I think they're like 24, 25 and 10 right now. So they're off to a good start. They were a regional team last year. And uh, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday series in Oxford. I think Thursday night's on the network, and then the Saturday game may be on the U or the two. It's one or the other. Just check your local listings. I think you've got the SEC Plus on Friday. I'm not sure if you'll get Richard or, or Will Colmeyer, who you'll get for that broadcast. But anyway, we'll be back for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig tomorrow early in the morning because the game's tomorrow night. But Tracks Plus, of course, Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus. You've got Grace Howell down in Summit, Mississippi, Hoop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana, and Ken Crosby down in Hickory. And so go by and see all four of those locations. Saney equipment for the excavators and mini excavators, the Barco equipment for the forestry world, and then Massey Ferguson, the Massey Ferguson tractors and implements. We talked to Butch Thompson last week about that old Massey Ferguson that almost got me killed out there on his property a couple years ago. But Massey Ferguson, you just can't beat that big red tractors and implements that they have at Massey Ferguson, and you can buy that at Trax Plus. All right, Charlie, hey, enjoyed it as always. Good show today, and get ready for a busy weekend on the road against, uh, against Ole Miss. Yeah, I guess we're back tomorrow. Yep, back tomorrow. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And once again, thanks to our sponsors, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Heartland Catfish, you can get that great Heartland Catfish at Taylor Grocery. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage and Country Meat Packers. Tracks Plus, with four locations throughout Mississippi. Starkville, Mississippi's College Town. Remember the Crawfish Bowl on Friday, and then the Community Market starting on Saturday. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.